Life is a journey, and eventually all roads come together. You are listening to Breaking Camp, conversations focusing on our passion for the outdoors, everyday life, learning new things, and growing as people. I'm Aaron Brenneman. And I'm Bryce Ginther. And this is Breaking Camp. Hey, Aaron and Bryce. This is Roy from Portland, Oregon, calling into the show. Um, I'm currently just sitting at home relaxing with a warm, tasty beverage and looking out the window watching it snow and thinking of my, my next outdoor sports activity. Big fan of the podcast, you guys. Love the show. And just had a couple of quick uh, questions for you guys. Um, hoping to hear your thoughts. First off, could you share uh, what has been the single greatest outdoor experience you guys have each ever had um, and why? Hey, all you marshmallow roasters, Bryce and Aaron here, your camp hosts. Welcome one. to Breaking Camp. Is that a good one? Marshmallow roasters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, think I was trying to think of one that went along with s'mores. S'mores smashers. S'more smashers. <laughs> marshmallow roasters. Dude, today's awesome. We got voicemail. I, they just heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, okay. Listener feedback. We this is what this is what makes the magic is you guys. It's not us. It's you guys. Would much rather this be a two way conversation. Thank you, Roy. The listeners, thank you, Roy. Uh, and you know what? As a thank you, today's episode is going to deal with answering Roy's voicemail. Does that sound good? All right, I like it. Yeah, let's talk about Roy's questions. All right, now he gets deep. So I think before we do that, what we need to do is. Walk over to the camp cooler, grab something to drink. Okay, let's grab something. Okay, uh, today uh, in Camp Cooler, uh, we are going to be talking about almost famous hazy pale ale. Ooh. Yeah, so... Is this any relation to the movie? No, uh, well, so my, my uh, sister-in-law... Okay. Is that good for you? That's plenty. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, Just my, enough to taste this hazy. My sister-in-law works hazy pale. Uh, at a brewery here. Just a minute, and I will pour into my glass. Uh, Devil's Canyon uh, br- uh, Brewing Company. She works for them. and so Where's that located? Uh, it's down in the Cali. Oh, okay. San Carlos, California. Um, so basically, they were brewing this beer for, uh, you know, as a contract, and and it turned out tasted great, but it didn't meet the profile that was asked. And so mm. instead of pouring it out, they they called it almost famous because it was almost famous. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And and then um, she kind of had some fun with it, and the uh, can uh, art is basically kind of a, a f- they're having fun with TikTok here a little bit. So and last week, Bryce, you talked about maybe wanting to be a dream of yours would be a YouTuber. Have you ever thought about trying to? become a tiktoker <laughs> no i think i'm way too old <laughs> do you have the tiktok i imagine nope. you maybe oh your kids probably do uh, i think they probably do okay um and i just uh, it's not it's not i'm not gonna go there i i i, I know my limitations okay so youtube yeah tiktok nah yeah so um so this is uh almost famous hazy pale ale hazy pale ale and um so i'm just gonna I poured it in our glasses, mm. and it is hazy. Yeah. Um, is hazy go. referring to the coloration or the flavor profile? The color. Okay. 
So what's the difference between a hazy pale ale and just a pale ale? Oh, that's just good. the color? Okay, actually, that's an interesting question. I don't know the answer, but I think I know the answer. I know one is more refreshing. A hazy pale ale is definitely more refreshing tasting. Oh, really? In my opinion. I think that's the 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 hop, the citrusy hops and stuff that they put in it. But I could be, again, I could be mistaken. Um, <clears throat> I do believe, and all you guys feel free to write in if you actually know the answer and correct me and give me the real thing. But um, uh, I think that they add wheat uh, to a hazy. Mm. And so kind of like Hefeweizen is an unfiltered wheat beer. Okay. Um, and I think that what they do is they take a pale ale or an IPA and they add a little bit of wheat as an adjunct and they, uh, and it clouds it up a little bit. gives it a different texture, different mouthfeel. Yep. Oh, that's probably what it is, which is probably the refreshingness. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, what was the Bridgeport Blue Heron IPA or something? Is that an Imperial Pale Ale? I don't like it. I don't know. They don't make I'm it I'm not anymore. a big Bridgeport or wasn't, whatever. I think they're gone now, right? I think they're gone. I wasn't a big they're fan. canceled. <laughs> is that how they use that? <laughs> Something is that like what that's that. for? I think they just went under. <laughs> oh. So I think they COVID can... victim. Yeah. Business. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So, so this anyway, is pretty good. It's refreshing. I like yeah. a hazy pale ale. I'm just not a fan of a traditional pale ale. Mm-hmm. I'm not really a fan of a oh, super hoppy IPA. You don't like pale ale? Mm-mm. Really? Not too much. Wow. What's a pale ale? Like, give me an example. A mirror pond. A bush pale ale. No, 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 no. Mirror pond. That's okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Mirror pond pale. Ale. Eh, it's middle of the road for me. Okay. I think, guess I would like a juicy, fruity, or a thick and chewy. Hmm. I'm not much in the middle. Okay. What, okay. What do you feel about like uh, like pilsners and lagers? Those lighter kind of those are refreshing. Ma- lawnmower beers. Mm-hmm. You mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, ice cold. Got to be ice cold on a hot day. Okay. Hmm. Okay. In general. But you're not. So you would say, hey, I'm not a beer snob. I'm not the guy. That, I'm not really a beer snob. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's. But what this we've is got pretty today. good. It's pretty good. This is pretty good. This is tasty. And again, like for a few, like if you don't, if you're not drinking the whole thing or just want a taste of it, yeah, it's good. If you're not into pale ales or whatever, see, I'm not a big beer drinker, but I do like a place where you get the little tray of like yeah, six the beers, the sampler. That's a fun one. Because like you know, then you don't have to drink this whole thing not knowing if you don't like like it or not. Mm-hmm. And if you do find one you really love, then you can say, oh, maybe I'll order another one or I'll get that next time. Yep. Or that's a beer that I want to explore some other time. I like these types. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. do like the sampler. So that's funny thing about the sampler is like I like samplers. And then what happens is I have this weird like, it's not anxiety, but it's like a uh, makes you like anxious or whatever where I'm like, okay, what if I, what if I don't like any of them? Oh. And I just paid, paid for them all, right? What if I only like one and the rest are garbage? And you end up going through, usually you got a favorite, right? One or two favorites. Mm-hmm. And you're going through and you finish that one. And then you get to the rest and you're like, oh, I love that one. I just wanted to have that now. Yeah. But then you, I bought the rest of them. I have to finish them. I, I have do. to try it. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Huh. It's dumb. It's dumb. It is. But like. That's interesting. I it's been a long. I mean, it's been a long time since I've gone out to a place. So mm-hmm. obviously, I don't do this at home with the sampler. No paddle, but I like how you get the little wood block, the little yep. glasses. It's fun presentation. Yeah, they mm-hmm. JB's Pizza. What's that a place? BJ's 
BJ's uh, you, EJ, Public House, EJ, something like that. Something like that. I think they used to do it. Yeah. But I like the places that would have like the beer tour of like they have all, you know, 200 beers and then you get a membership like by Mark Card and they keep track. And when you get to five, old Chicago. you get a keychain. <laughs> yeah, old Chicago. Yeah. Uh, and then at 20, you get a shirt. You know, that's kind of neat. I think that's fun. Huh. There's an app called Untapped. I use that. I've seen it. I, I used to. I, I, I don't know. It didn't interest me much. I find I only will use it around the winter time because that's when I'll have these thick, chewy beers. Yeah. That then I want to remember that I like them. It started feeling like social media. And so I was like, eh, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. And again, I'm not hating on social media, but I just, I'm, I don't need You're to. You're in ex- good company. I don't need to, to expand on my social media. Mm. Uh, just like, well, I'm not going to download TikTok. Don't get a TikTok. <laughs> you guys do it. I'm not going to do it. I mean, you could just spend all day. You could have so much social media that you have nothing to do all day but social media. And that you're never you social. YouTube, TikTok. <laughs> Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, yeah. Snapchat, Parler, WeMe, MeWe. What? That's another this. one I don't know. It's a non non censored. Oh. God, I don't even know about it. Yeah. Huh. There you go. So I'll- find us on social media. You can find us <laughs> yeah. on Instagram, Instagram. and Facebook. <laughs> we do some cool giveaways. Some yeah. s- some stuff. But that's a good beer. So back back to Roy's questions. Yeah. Let's get back into Roy's questions. Okay, so <clears throat> Roy, you want to know our single greatest outdoor experience? Okay, I don't. We, that's a tough one. That is you, a tough. You one. and I, in preparation for this, are just going. Hold on a minute. The best, the most epic, the, mo- and the that most was, extreme. <laughs> yeah, extreme. That, that's adventure. where we got to. It's like, wait, is he talking extreme? We always think about those moments that are. You were refer- referencing like speed or height, the most miles, you know? the biggest day, <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. It's the single greatest outdoor experience, and well, that just made me think of greatest American hero. Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I never thought I could feel so free. He, he. I got. I started Mar- thinking about the great outdoors. John Candy, <laughs> even the old '96er. <laughs> <laughs> what if your greatest outdoor experience was a meal? Oh, that oh could be my! Good. I could throw down on that. Yeah, you we might have to me. try this at one of our BCP campouts, dude. That's awesome! Greatest outdoor meal. I don't even know, but Top, that would be yeah. so. So I gotta so say, greatest, biggest, mostest, epicest. Yeah, I guess it would depend on the person, right? Some people would define it as. The time you went the fastest or went the farthest or yeah. climbed the highest, right? The snow was the deepest. Yeah, harsh. What? How do you say? <laughs> uh, the gnar. The What's, how do you? You shred the, shred the gnar. gnar. Gnarly, gnarus pow. <laughs> shred gnar pow. Obviously, I'm like, yeah. everybody's like, oh, he doesn't snowboard. Dude, we're hip. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that as we talked about, like that can become the uh, cultural context. Mm. For like adventure and epic mm-hmm. and outdoors, yes, social media, all that sort of stuff, and and and, and is a day less impactful? Is an activity less impactful if it isn't the mostest, the fastest, the biggest? Right. What if it's? Where's the value in the most impactful? 
Yeah. And the most uh, meaningful, beneficial, the quietest. Dude, imagine if you told somebody, they're like, what do you do this weekend? And they're like, oh, man, I had the most quietest time camping. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? Uh, oh, so good. They're like, boring. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just I get again, it depends on your company, it depends on you. Um I had some stories come to mind. Um and whether or not they are my single greatest outdoor experience, I think that they're I don't know. I wouldn't say they are necessarily because <clears throat> in in filtering and ranking those things, it's really hard to pick, right? Because yeah. I, I feel like they're more equally weighted, but they stand out. They certainly they stand, stand out, out a little. They're a little more meaningful, a little more rememberable. 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 <laughs> yeah. You got an emotional bookmark there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they're in a they're in a grouping. They're in a class. They're in a type of activity. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So you wrote one down here. Yeah. So I I'm trying to figure out how to set set up the story. Um, it was a dark and it was a warm and sunny day. <laughs> it actually wasn't very warm and it wasn't very sunny. It was a cold and rainy <laughs> afternoon. Um, <laughs> so Isaac was, so I, when I had, I wanted kids, you know, and, um, and I wanted, uh, cause I knew that at the time, you know, we, we had just Isaac and no, I think Liza was born, but she was just a tiny baby. Um, I'm trying to think age, but whatever. We we knew we were gonna have a. You couple, had either two or three. A couple kids, right? We okay. were. I wanted a girl and a boy, right? If we were only gonna have two, yeah. I wanted each one of each. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ended up having three kids, which I have two girls and a boy. So Isaac's in the middle. Um, I don't have favorites or anything. You know, you're my favorite son. You're my favorite <laughs> oldest daughter. Yeah. You know, you're my favorite youngest yeah. daughter. But um, you know, every parent kind of says that. You know, but. But Isaac and I, uh, I had been trying to share, you know, my love of the outdoors, specifically fishing, uh, with him. And, 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 you know, he was, I do believe he was about five years old Okay. when we were, uh, when this story happened. And, uh, and I had taken him, we were down on the Willamette River, and um, I know exactly where we were, but we were on a dock and we were just bottom fishing, plunking to catch just kind of trash fish mm-hmm. with worms, yeah. you know, and... Um, just to, just to, you know, cause usually that's pretty easy to catch, yeah. you know, and, and it's, with kids, you've got to keep them active. Right. Well, that day, like I said, it wasn't, it was preseason, if you will, okay. the water wasn't very warm and those garbage fish like the warm water yeah. and they're a lot yeah. more active, yeah. but me forcing the issue, referencing the times where I talk about, you know, all those dad mistakes, I've made them all. This was potentially another day, but I, I was, I managed to salvage it and we weren't catching any fish. You know, we had the container of worms, and Isaac had um, been there, stared at his rod, doing nothing. You know, then he runs down the dock, and he's kind of on the shore, and he's throwing rocks and, you know, using a stick and everything. And in hindsight, I'm like, I should have probably done the same thing with him, you know. Mm. But I'm trying to, like, catch a fish, and he's like, come here, buddy, reel it in, right? So anyway, no fault, whatever. Finally, he's back, and we're kind of like getting toward the end of our day and I'm sort of picking up the vibe like, okay, we need to be, we need to kind of be done. And, and so Isaac in his, and he was the cutest little boy and he's sitting here staring at this container of worms and he's kind of picking through them and he's playing with them and everything. <laughs> right. And, 
you know, we'd use like one worm or two, yeah. you know. So the, here's this whole cluster of them, right? And and he goes, well, Dad. And he pulls this worm out, and he goes, I kind of just want to. I kind of just want to eat a worm. <laughs> like a fish. <laughs> Why do like, the fish eat this? Let's find out. And I was like, okay, go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> you know? And in his like five-year-old savagery goes, will you eat one? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to eat a worm. And he goes, <clears throat> Well, I kind of want to eat a worm. And I'm like, go ahead. And he goes, well, I want you to eat one too. You know? <laughs> I'm like, I don't really want to. <laughs> and so I was like, I had the moment of clarity where I'm like, hey, this could be a bonding moment, you know? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to capitalize this on this thing. And again, this is, as this is after like time and time again of me kind of feeling like I'm missing him somehow. Mm-hmm. And so here he is offering me this like, on a platter opportunity to bond with my son. And so I'm like, hey, man, I'll tell you what. If you eat one, then I'll eat one. But he had to go first. <laughs> well, here's what I did. This was my, this was, I felt, I felt pretty proud of this. Okay. And to this day, I feel like this was one of my good in real time moments. Yeah. I said, here's the deal. This is a teaching situation. So I'm going, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to agree that we're both going to eat a worm. Okay. And, um, and I said, here's the deal. Um, you know, men, uh, when we, when we say something to each other, we, we mean it mm. and we, and I'm a, you know, teach him about, you know, keeping your word and everything. Yeah. And so I'm teaching him this moment of integrity and just kind of being a man of your word and kind of give him a very short little, Hey, when we say stuff, we're going to do it. Okay. And I go, I'm going to shake your hand. And if you shake my hand, then you're agreeing to eat a worm and I will too. And he, without hesitating, just shoves his hand out, right? <laughs> just like, he's there. Yeah. This little tiny five-year-old yeah. hand, his hair is all buff, <laughs> like fluffy and messy and all just like cute. And I'm going, dang it. Because I'm thinking, I'll ratchet it up and he's going to back off, right? Yeah. And we won't have to eat a worm. <laughs> but he, every step of the way, is just like, oh, yeah, I'm there. We're doing it. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, cool. All right. And I'm like, dang <clears throat> but he's kind of calling me out, right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay. He called your bluff. So then um, I said, well, we better we better pick a worm. So we get in there, we pick out a worm, we clean off all the like papery stuff, you know, and all that. And I'm going, oh my gosh. And I'm thinking, he's going to throw up. I, I might throw up, you have know? Have you ever eaten a worm before? No, this I never have. first worm. Yeah. I thought about it as, you know, yeah. a kid and stuff. Never did. I used to, I read the book, How to Eat Fried Worms when I was a kid. That's a good, good kid book for parents. Uh, Probably like an eight, nine, 10 year old book right in there for, for kids. How to Eat Fried Worms. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so anyway, I go, hey, why don't we, why don't we do this? We'll pull out a good chunk of it and we'll just take a bite and we'll, and we'll, instead of eating the whole four inch nightcrawler. Those things can be big. Yeah. And these were huge. And so he goes, okay, that sounds good. <clears throat> Just try it. So we did. We pulled it out and we measure kind of like, yep, this is the spot. You know, and it's probably a good couple inches of worm, right? And mouthful. Put your fingers there. One, two, three. Boom. In it goes. Bite it down. Do you chew swallow. or do you just I didn't swallow. chew. I swallowed <laughs> the thing fast. He's chewed. He chewed. <laughs> 
and I was swelling with pride. Oh, I'm wow. just like, this He's kid doing is it. hard, right? <laughs> you know, who knew, right? At this point, I had no idea if he even like, mm. liked the outdoors. It was just one of those moments of like, oh, you've got it. You have it. Mm. And, um, and he, he's, I'll never forget. He's just like, actually, that tastes pretty good. And he's like, maybe we should take another bite. <laughs> and so, of course, then I'm like, I break and I'm like, I'm laughing. I'm, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm not taking another bite. <laughs> I agreed. I did it. And he tra- he kind of took another bite. And then he's like, nah, never mind. It's not good. <laughs> you know, he spit it out. But but wow. again, like that was that will forever mm-hmm. in my mind go down in history as one of the one of the greatest kind of bonding times with my mm-hmm. son, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and it was outside, you know, it was in, in the outdoors and stuff. So. Um, just a cool, cool moment. Um, yeah, and I love it. Yeah, I that will uh, what I know of you. I mean, it really speaks to. I think I know why that would stand out because it's a outdoors. It's a way. It's nature, mm-hmm. but it's an opportunity for bonding in yeah. a place aside from just everyday life. That totally settles it down. That's a cool story. I mean, I I'm not eating a worm. I have <laughs> I have eaten a slug. You have? Yeah. Gross. I just have one. I was at this. Uh, five day like intensive sort of uh wilderness skills camp sort of a deal <laughs> and the people were talking about how they'd been on the tv show alone oh yeah i think i may have talked about that yeah. before they they've been on the show and they eat slugs and all sorts of stuff on there because they that's like a good meal they it's talk a good about meal. right yeah. and there's a couple of ways you can eat them you know you can pan fry them mm-hmm. in like cast iron skillet over the fire or yeah. you can hang them from like a stick you know and just char it yeah well the charred way is the better way to go oh is it because if you cook it in a pan, that slime never goes away. Oh, you ruin so your pan? Slime, no, the slime it stays on the slug. Oh, the okay. The slime is still there. So no matter how hard you cook it, it's still slimy. But over the fire, it kind of drips off and it gets a little more charred. But they have these, <laughs> I don't know if they're, they're gonad, the slug's gonads or what, but there's like the crunchy bits in the slug oh, that inside. you just have to eat. And it wasn't bad. I would say it wasn't horrible. I don't know if I'd want to make it like a regular camp meal. So is there anything you can compare it to? Chicken. No, come on. <laughs> it can't taste like chicken. Uh, Raw chicken. <laughs> um, Is it salty? Is it is it like bland? It was bland. Does it have a flavor at all? It was all? a denser, thicker version of like a... Uh, slightly cooked version of like a raw oyster or something. Okay, okay. So texture-wise, not that. really a whole lot there. Kind of bland. Some mm-hmm. seasoning, some salt would have probably made it pretty good. I mean, if you were <laughs> if you were starving, not a bad option. Okay, good to know. Actually, you know, probably less. You eat the whole thing. There's probably more work than like if you got a mouse or something. So you don't like peel the skin off. You just eat it. Just go at it. Cook okay. it and go at it. I think there's something having to do with you can't eat them raw though. Yeah, I think so too. Well, I I know if you lick them, it makes your tongue all n- numb. Like tingly like numb, f- does it? Uh huh. Okay. And I've done that. Um, and uh, I don't know. There's some sort of probably a, a protective thing, or, f- yeah. protective sort of thing, so, so that other that animals don't, don't eat them. Yeah. Which I, they don't I have gotta, a lot of defense mechanism going. You got to imagine they still get eaten. They're soft. Yeah. They're slow. Mm-hmm. They're slimy. In fact, ducks eat them. I know that because I watched the biggest little farm. Or the littlest big uh, farm, biggest little farm. It's a great little big farm. Great yeah, documentary. that's a good one. And the ducks eat their slugs, so because they wanted the slugs. Huh? 
So, no, they don't. The no, they slugs don't. were eating their crops, and so they were figuring out how to no. be it, like how did that balance of nature. So they let the ducks into the like, uh, you know, garden area That's where what the they slugs w- were were eating, and they just demol. Oh no, that was snails. Anyway, anyway I don't know. That's the one down in California <laughs> where the people had the land that was yeah. completely. Yeah, it's like, the soil was depleted of nutrients, and so it was like how to make the yeah. microorganisms come back alive to allow yes. growing and thriving. Super and then, fascinating, good movie. And then mm-hmm. the the guy, I don't want. Don't don't, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. <laughs> Listen, watch it. It's on the places. Wow, you were so close. <laughs> so close. Huh. Well, I was thinking about. I uh, Roy left that voicemail for us, and I was thinking about you know what mm-hmm. what's my biggest epicest most awesome outdoor adventure sort of day and i kind of came to the spot of i don't really have one that stands out of like that was so grand that was the best day i'm gonna i either now gotta go bigger than that day mm-hmm. or i gotta chase that day again right where my outdoor um single greatest outdoor adventures i got a couple of them but there's been a couple of days where i've been out on some of those lakes on the cascade lakes highway mm-hmm Late summer, hot days. It doesn't get dark until like nine o'clock at night. Yeah, fishing all day and just to watch those the skies explode. Yeah, with color around uh, sunset. Mm-hmm. Has those are some pretty good. If I can end my days like that every now and again. Yeah, um, that leads me to go back out there because it's. I'm not doing a lot. I'm just sitting. Mm-hmm. But I'm settling, I'm resting, I'm experiencing, I'm immersed in the moment. Mm-hmm. So those sorts of things are really good for it. I also had a backpacking trip. One of my first, probably backpacking trip when I went camping backcountry remote, yeah. you know, after I broke my back, I started getting into <clears throat> going out a little bit more into the wilderness. And so I had a friend, the gal used to work for us, lived over in Bend, and she was looking for some people to go. Her and her husband were looking for some people to go backpacking with them. So it was around like... What's the holiday at the end of the Labor Day? Labor Day. Labor Day. Like let's celebrate. September. Let's celebrate going back to work. Yeah. Let's celebrate. <laughs> it's time to labor. Labor is cool. Yeah. <laughs> so it was Labor Day, and it was you know typically in September you get pretty decent weather in the Northwest, but uh, so we set up a trip. We were going to backpack in and hike in and go to Jefferson Park area, mm-hmm. and I'd never been there. I mean, I'd done a lot of camping and stuff like that, but a lot of front country sort of stuff you know where you're in front country i've actually never heard it called that i mean you're kind of in nature but you're like at a campground you know still signs your phone still works (laughs) yeah there's still noise you know you're front country you're outdoors sure but you're not back deep back country gotcha and so this was going to be hiking in about nine miles i think to jefferson park to meet up with them they were coming from ben they got there a day earlier hiked in camped and then i was coming up the next day Mm mm-hmm parked it and the weather started looking kind of iffy okay and i'm somewhat prepared in my equipment and my gear Uh and so i start hiking in and it's it's i I was running quite a bit at this time so it's it's a good it's good clip it's a uh not the best weather yeah I'm just going. I'm thinking I'm going to die. Like, the bears are going to come out and get me. There's cougar everywhere, you know? It's like my mind starts going crazy. Yeah. And uh, and it's soaking, and I'm wet. It's soaking wet. Like, I got decent gear, but nothing that's keeping me dry. Yeah. My pack is wet. I'm sure everything inside my pack is wet. My sleeping bag is wet. All of it. Like, <laughs> Man. just not, not fully prepared. Right. 
But I get up to about, you know, six miles in just before you dump back into the park or so. Mm -hmm. And they're sitting there because they kind of came out on the trail to meet me. But they're sitting like up against a tree huddled under their emergency blanket. (laughs) It is it is so bad. Oh, my gosh. The weather is so bad. It's a holiday weekend. We've got plans for this three day sort of a deal. Mm -hmm. And so we hike back down into the park. Can't barely see anything. Can't see Mount (laughs) Jefferson. You know, I can see the mud in the trail that I'm walking through because it's just flowing like a river. Yeah. Get down there, and it's uh, there's regulations there for no fires in Jefferson mm-hmm. Park, which mm-hmm. you don't want. The, nobody wants the thing to burn down, so that makes sense. And but there's no fire, so you can't dry your clothes out. You can't get warm. You can't get dry. And mm-hmm. it's maybe 44 degrees. You know, it's not summer is summer's gone. Mm-hmm. It's time to labor. Go back to work. It's over. <laughs> you you want to do stuff outside? You missed it. <laughs> And so we're kind of sitting there talking through, like, oh, man, what's the plan? Do we stay? I've just hiked nine miles. They've hiked six to yeah. me and back. And it's like, well, what are, what are we going to do here? Are we going to stay? Um, yeah. Are we putting ourselves at risk? And so I had an opportunity to talk through with them mm-hmm. what's the risk management that we need to take here? What's the best course of action to abandon or adapt our plan? Like, nice. what options early, do we— Early phase of your of your kind of, you know— Wood knowledge or your yeah. outdoor knowledge, or is that where you're at? I this think, time? Th- yeah, definitely early on. I mean, I was, yeah. I understood, you know, to some extent, you get wet, you're going to die, you can't dry out. This yeah. is not good. Yeah. But like, I didn't even open my, my pack yet, look at my bag, my tent. Yeah. I knew that my gear was not bulletproof. Today, nowadays, like, this would not be an issue because I would abandon course beforehand yeah, right. or I would have plenty of adequate gear and a backup plan to once I get there, change clothes, get out, get dry, uh-huh. bulletproof tent, sleeping bags dry, all this sort of stuff. So I'd have more options. I didn't have options at this point. Mm. So we're talking it through and I'm kind of getting warm. I'm kind of moving, doing some exercises, but everything's still wet. And so we made the we made the decision that like the best course of action here is just to hike back out and get out of there. And mm. we went down to... Detroit and had some food at the little diner, but it was a, it's an impactful outdoor experience for me because it allowed me mm-hmm. to experience what I don't ever want to experience again, which is why I understand the value more of planning preparation mm, and yeah. making decisions when I have a plan A, what's yeah. my plan B, my plan C, what's my out, mm-hmm. what am I going to do when things go wrong? And uh, just thinking through this after Roy mentioned it, you know, it's been impactful and extremely helpful to the way that I operate in the wilderness now. Yeah. Because, you know, you kind of escape something narrowly. You're like, whew, that right. was close. Right. But it's more beneficial long-term if you could think, whew, that was close. What can I learn? What can I take away? How can I prevent this in the future? Right. So it has kind of shaped some of my quest to learn more, prepare more, huh. instruct and help others. Because I don't want anybody to be in that situation. We got lucky. You yeah. know, I got lucky. Yeah, if it would have sure. just been me thinking, oh, I saw some picture on Facebook. I'm going to go out there. Yeah. If I wasn't with other people and I'd have twisted my ankle, yeah. I'd am toast. You yeah. know? So huh. That's crazy. That was kind of interesting. Yeah, it is it's hard to come up with those highlights, you know? And I remember as we were kind of thinking through this and I, I listened to that voicemail, I was like, dang, I just, I just told my, one of my epic stories, you know, this, I think it was last episode 205 where I was talking about catching this. I kind of refer to this story in my mind as the queen of the pool, you know? And, um, and I have 
from where I was at in my life. You can go back and listen to that episode if you want to hear kind of the story. And and just to be frank, I didn't share everything about it because there's some really, really personal stuff in that. And, uh, um, and you know, I feel like that's good to honor that and just kind of keep it for myself. And, um, but, but the fact I can tell the fish story, right. Mm -hmm. And, and some of the other inside stuff I can, I can leave out. Um, but you know, I can remember after such a, I don't know, culmination of, of like great moments, you know, cause it was cool to wake up in camp. It was cool to tie the flies and have that peaceful cup of coffee. It was great to walk up river in the first thing in the morning and then to actually catch a fish that was that fish. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then all the other life application things that kind of go with that, that, that I was, you know, implying to the, or, you know, kind of, of, uh, using as a parallel in the situation and, and sort of applying to my life. And I can remember sitting, uh, on the side of this small river crying, just like great moment, you know? And it's like, you can never capture those moments and get them back. And you just have to pay attention and, Mm -hmm. and see them for what they are. And that's where, you know, we're talking about like, isn't it a shame that social media can ruin moments like that, 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 that aren't mountaintop moments uh, through a camera lens, but they're maybe, I don't know, mountaintop moments through our lens. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's super cool. Everybody's got these moments, and it's just like we just have to start paying attention and seeing the value of them, I think. And removing the comparison yeah. component of them. Like right. This This is the moment I am in. Yeah. That is meant for me, that is impactful and meaningful. Am I seeing it? Right. Or right. am I looking at it looking at uh it through the lens of, well, mm. it's it's not as grand as that. Yeah. Or yeah. I'm not gonna you know, here's what you don't get a, mm-hmm. a lot of likes for. Not sharing the quiet moment that impacts the direction of your life, your life <laughs> of your life. Right? Yeah. Like you and I talked about right. this a while back. Like what's the, go- what's the goal? Like one, one like mm-hmm. that's that, that might be the goal for my trip today. It's not to go out and take a bunch of pictures yeah. and get back and post them. And everybody say, Oh, great photos. Or, it looks like the best time or so true. you killed it out there. But like, yeah, can I just blink my eyes and have one like yes. that is mine for this moment? Yeah. That is, impactful to me that others may never understand or fully see yeah but where's the value from is the value from comparison with others and the likes and that Mm -hmm. um or is it from an awareness and appreciation and gratitude for the moment that is Mm -hmm. because if you miss that you can have all the likes over there but if you if you don't have that yeah you know you miss the whole deal man that's so good i think and geez we talked about one like a long time ago time back and and I'm glad you brought it back up because I'd kind of forgotten. Yeah, me too, until you said that. And it is so I I mean that's a that's a sticker. <laughs> we have got to make the, that for one. the Patreon supporters <laughs> so we can get the one like Breaking Camp Podcast. I think it's Goal. amazing. Yeah. Copyright. <laughs> we we got to write it down and mail it to ourselves and get the stamp. Yeah. And, yeah. No, it, it's so good. But and what like if that was what if that was the goal? And but and I will say like both of my stories 
that I shared elicit really huge emotion, right, in me. And it's like, yeah, because they meant something. Like, just like what you're saying, they impact your life. And so I think that's that's beautiful. It's awesome. Mm. So, yeah, those are a couple. I mean, and that's the thing. We could probably sit around and talk about more stories that maybe off in the funny zone, off in the scary zone, whatever, but they all sort of paint the picture of our life and brought us to where we are. Uh, so it's a good it's a good question. It's a What's, great question. Yeah, I love it. Maybe, well, maybe we'll hear from some listeners. You know, maybe they can post up something. Maybe we'll ask on Instagram. What's your greatest outdoor experience? Oh, let's do say. that. Let's do that. We can talk with our uh, social media coordinator about that. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Well, hang on here. And then, secondly. Uh, just looking for some expert advice here. I am thinking about getting into cross-country skiing. Um, I've only been a couple of times, but just wondering your thoughts on getting a racing skin suit uh, to wear while cross-country skiing. Um, have you guys ever worn one? Does it really make you as fast as they claim? And then will I be warm enough if I get one since the recommended way to wear it is to go commando underneath which is definitely hard for kind of wearing it so um just hoping to hear your thoughts uh thanks again guys keep up the great work awesome show always enjoy listening and i'll catch you on the trail (laughs) (laughs) you know what i what i appreciate about roy's questioning or his both of his questions is that they um they take us to every the both sides of the spectrum Mm, (laughs) mm -hmm. we get deep and now now we get a little lighter quite a bit lighter was that lighter? Well, I don't I mean, know. I think maybe he was, maybe I think it was, he was very me. serious. Maybe it was just me. Uh, you know, and uh, that's <laughs> that's bad on my part, you know, to to make light of this whole situation. But I mean, this... there is something a little funny about just a, a skiing skin suit. <laughs> I wonder if this also includes uh like the pointy helmet. Like oh. the bike pointy helmet or is that just for biking? Or is that just for I downhill? I think that's super G long jumping. What's that thing where they go downhill and they Oh, where they make the V with their yeah. skis? Yep. Um, they hold it all back and then you land. And <laughs> okay, you that's die. probably my favorite. Like, if I wanted to do an X game event or whatever, like a, a Olympic event, yeah, um, would be that. That would be, be yours. Yeah. Be and the reason I would say is that you feel extreme, but you're probably not going to land on your head. You, the I hope the not. when you land. Um, it's on this, it's such a steep downhill that it's not as jarring as it, as it may seem. Hmm. I can speak it from looks, non-experience. So it looks very <laughs> scary. So we watched a movie not too long ago. We were, we were camping. It's called Eddie the Eagle. Yeah. Have you heard of it? Uh, no. It's about, it's got Hugh Jackman and it's got some other guy and it's about a, uh, it's based upon a true sco- true story of uh-huh. a British skier who in 1988 became the first competitor to represent Great Britain in the Olympic ski jumping okay. since 1928. But this guy is not, I mean, I could see, I was going to say you, but I could say me and him being buddies <laughs> because he's maybe not the most athletic guy, but he's I'm got a goal in. and a dream. I didn't want to, I didn't want to put that on you. You're, <laughs> you're pretty athletic. Was. Was, but he could, you know, anyway, great movie along the, how often does ski jumping come up and can you reference a movie you just watched? So, yeah, correct. I mean, I, full disclaimer, I did only watch about the first half. 
I fell asleep. Oh, of course you did. Yeah. I just think uh, the in like the inner voice as or maybe even external voice as you're approaching the edge. Uh, you know, first of all, you're sitting on that little seat that yeah. they that they're looking down, and they have these like tiny little uh, evergreens or ferns or whatever they are, yeah. like lining the trail. You know, the little ski jump. Yeah, and then you go, "I'm gonna stand up, and." I'm gonna go off the edge. <laughs> I mean, you got to make a decision, and you're committed. There's, there's, there's no, no turning out. back. Nope. <laughs> I would love to. There's got to be a video of a guy who's bails. He's like, ha, and he kind of skis off the side or something. We could see if we could find some yeah. ski jump fails. Yeah, videos. That, oh my gosh! But but those guys wear skin tight suits. They do. And I have I to say, so his well, first part of his question is. Um, you know, have we ever worn one, right? Um, and so I I, I got to say, <clears throat> kind of is kind my answer. Of. Kind of. Okay. Like uh, for Halloween. Well, no. Um, so, you know, I'm a child of the, I kind of, I'm a gap, you know, child of the 80s and 90s. Okay. So I kind of identify more with, I'm a child of the 90s. Okay. When I think about my teen years, because, um, you know, uh, I graduated high school in 94, right? So- um, so I, when I was a freshman, this is the, we grew up in such a beautiful era, I think. And again, before f- smartphones. Yeah. But like, just, you had freedom. Mm. At least I did. And, and I think a lot of people my age would identify with this where you could ride your bike to the store yeah. and it was no big deal. Right. I would ride my bike across town. Now at the time I lived in St. Helens, Oregon, and um, you could ride your bike across town and we're talking, I don't know. I mean, probably it's only like five, six, seven miles, but like, that's a long way when you think about being a, away from home. And, and so, you know, that was my mode of transportation and a bike was freedom. That's what it represented yeah. to me. So, um, when so I, you would ride around town in your skin tight suits. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was trying Is to bring, where we're, trying to bring it back. back. I was trying to bring it back. What I, my buddy and I wanted to learn how to ski and, okay. and I had, I had skied and we both knew how, but we wanted to go more, you know, and get yeah. better and stuff. Yeah. And so as a, a freshman in high school, I had bought my own skis. And um, I remember working through the summer, saving my money, bought my skis. And we there was a ski bus that would leave from um, all you guys remember G.I. Joe's, mm, mm-hmm. a store called G.I. Joe's. Yeah. That was the best. Uh, that was like our outdoor store back then. Now it's a Walmart. Yeah, now it's a Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> and so you could meet at G.I. Joe's. Do you, and ever, do you six, ever, huh? let me interrupt real fast. Do you ever still find something that's just randomly has the G.I. Joe's sticker on it? Not like anymore. Your gear, your parents' stuff or The anything? last thing I bought there was the tent that we call the tunnel. Okay. And it died. Oh. In our in Isaac's and my last epic camping trip. Which the, wind, was the windy one. The windy one. Yes. But that was on and so you'd have the box and you'd have the G.I. Joe sticker. Yes. And every time you'd see it you'd just have a little warm flutter in oh. your heart. I bought my first fly for... rod at G.I. Joe's. Oh. At the sidewalk sale. Sidewalk sale. Yeah. That was good. Fifteen bucks. What? I'm not kidding. Inflation adjusted. That'd be maybe like forty nowadays. <laughs> I'm going. This is amazing, a good right? Deal. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, we we ended up going. Hey, we want to ride the ski bus. So for twenty two dollars, hmm. you could get dropped off at a GI Joe's six in the morning. They pick you up on a bus. They they cart you up to the mountain. We'd go to Timberline Lodge. 
We get dropped off. We ski for the day. Lunches on the bus or whatever. We always packed our lunches. Mm -hmm. We ski our hearts out. We get back on the bus. We get driven driven home safely to GI Joe's. We get picked up by parents. It was beautiful. Mm, do they have that anymore these days? I don't even know. That's a stinky bus on the way home. Oh, for sure. Stink. It's very damp in there, dude. It was the best. <laughs> that was when Walkmans were a thing, oh, and we oh, would what? Wa- yeah, <laughs> Walkmans, all y'all. <laughs> I, this is this is such good times. Like, yeah. and um, we would listen to ACDC. Um, Thunderstruck before, like that would be the last song that we listened to before we got off the bus just to get amped up. You didn't just take your music out with you? No, because we didn't want to break our Walkman because we were jumping and stuff. We crashed a lot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that was back in the day when our quest to the 360 was was happening. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yeah. that's extreme. We tried. I never, I never, attempt. Yes. I never got to the 360. I would land. I landed a few times 180, and then didn't know what to do, and so you just sort of fall over, crash, catch <laughs> yeah. an edge or something. Yeah. So you would get on. So you took the bus. Yeah. And you, would you wear your skin tight suit on the bus, or would you change into it when you got? That's where it is. Okay, I finally brought it back. <laughs> skin tight suit. In because I was uh, freshly out of the 90s. Or 80s, excuse me. Um, I I knew that, you know, I needed to look good on the mountain. And to yeah. do so, um, I needed the skin-tight racing pants with the kind of padded knee, like the, like the legs, right, that you would go do like mm. slalom skiing with. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so my ski pants were skin-tight, black. Are they pants or tights? No, they were pants because once you hit the knee, then they sort of flare a bit. Okay. Right? They go over your boot. No, got to go over your boot. Yeah. yeah. And and then they had sort of that padded uh, shin, like knee and shin guard kind of thing. Not like hard or anything, just like foam. Yeah. And um, they were hot pink. Like that was where the hot pink Whoa. encounter, you know, you comes into the to play. Yeah. And so, but I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure lots of ski bunnies behind me in the slope line you know line yeah. for the chair are looking at my butt i bet uh yeah so this was these colors are all making a comeback again now <laughs> i love it so did I, bryce did roy ask specifically about color uh you know what i didn't hear him because say i color. wonder if does a standard are you going to go faster in mm. like a, a neon green yes or a neon pink than you are in like a black a hundred percent okay a hundred percent um it, this is a statistic that is proven every four years in the Winter Olympics. Yeah. Uh, the hotter the color, the faster the time. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is no argument there. It's it's fact. Fact. Okay. Yeah. What's what's up with the, whatever happened to the Olympics? Yeah, they went away. Is they, that a thing? Yeah. It's uh, they got skipped this year. <laughs> was it were they supposed to be last year? I think it was supposed to be Summer Olympics this last summer. Okay, so we're looking again at like 2022. Yeah, I think they're going to delay them. I heard that they're going to delay them one year and try it. And if they can't do it next year, they're going to just skip it. Next year meaning this year? Yeah, meaning 2021. Yeah. So they're not doing it this year. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I'd take even money on that. <laughs> yeah, that might be a good bet. <laughs> okay, so you have worn one. Half of one. Half of one, just the bottom. Just the bottoms. So okay. not the full zip. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Skin tight. Like you got to tuck Skin in those chest tight. hairs to not catch them in the zipper. Yeah, exactly. Because there's no wearing. That was another. Uh, I've never worn one. Mm-hmm. This was something Roy asked about. Does it does it make you as fast 
as they claim. Yes. Yes. Obviously. Ob- obviously. Because that's just science. Yeah. Really, it's right. um, uh, what uh, what would you call that? Aerodynamics. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's like there's the no helmet, drag. There's no drag. Yeah. Exactly. It's like why swimmers kind of shave their eyebrows. Well, it's Same it's like if we put you in a skin suit and then we throw you in the tunnel where they film the car commercial and we have a fog stream go at you. Oh yeah. Right. It's just gonna go around you. Yeah, you can see that those air vapors. Yeah, you, if you're wearing a puffy, some bibs, the 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 fog stream is just gonna like dissipate and become a cloud around sure. you. Yeah. So obviously, okay. it would it would make you faster. So that's science. But will he be warm enough? That's one that's tough to answer. I mean, I can only speak for myself. Yeah. And that I run hot. Most of the time, I'm sweating. So if I'm moving and I'm going. I don't yeah. need a lot of layers. Uh, what I do yeah. need to be is prepared for everything. Yeah. So I would have a tough time not wearing enough layers because I probably don't have a backpack on if I'm wearing. I'm not wearing a skin suit and a backpack. You'd wear the skin suit and never leave the parking lot because you're like, I can't get that far <laughs> from my layers. Okay, I can't go all the way out there. <laughs> Without a skin, it depends. If I was close to the parking lot and I knew I could get back, but are we talking back? That's a question for Roy. I mean, oh, do yeah. we have all the? Are we talking yeah. uh, resort style, right? Like in a um, Nordic Nordic area where you go? Or are we talking back country? Mm. Are you going to be miles and miles away? But I think if you're back country, you're probably taking something, right? A pack of some sort, maybe right. some warm fluids, some beverages, some hot tea, mm-hmm. some soup or something. So you could probably stick another layer in there. Maybe, uh, yeah. Like a puffy or a fleece or something to just help you out. Another stocking cap. That's a really good tip is having two, two stocking caps. Well, if you're moving, you're going to stay warm. Yeah. You know, and especially he's talking cross-country skiing. which Fast. You're, you're moving. You're moving way more than like moving physically like your arms and legs as yeah. opposed to downhill skiing where you, it's more of a a tuck and swish just, back and forth. It's just gravity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is energy. So I'm loving the, yes, it's going to keep you warmer. Okay. I'm really, I, I, I need to break down this next portion is commando. Do you go commando? Are you asking me? Well, I mean, I, this is a tough one because um, it depends on how, um, how committed to the science do you want to get. How fast are you trying to go? Yeah. Right. Are you trying to set records? Exactly. Or is this your first time? Maybe the first time wear some underoos. Maybe. And that's the thing. It's like if you're going for an Olympic record, you just have to make peace with the wedgie. Yeah. And go. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Here's a question that I always uh, ask myself, struggle with. I don't know what the... A thing I always kind of consider. Yeah. When I'm, when I'm wearing long underwear... Okay. Sometimes I just find myself putting on underwear before I put on my long underwear. Mm -hmm. And then I have my pants on and I'm like, well, do I have two pairs of underwear on? Short, short underwear, long underwear. (laughs) I got short underwear and long underwear. (laughs) But is the, is the short long, is the short underwear unnecessary if I'm wearing the long underwear? That's a great question. Because that's a temperature thing too. You get too many layers going. You, you're not going to be able to thermoregulate your your regions. Regions. Um, I always wear short underwear under the long underwear. You do. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, some, and I don't. I guess I don't know why. I feel like that's <laughs> the first thing you do when you get dressed. You just always put on the underwear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, 
Sounds huh. like Roy may not think that same way. It sounds like Roy, <laughs> ha- he suffers zero um, limitations and ib- inhibitions. Yeah. So I applaud you, Roy. And hmm. you, you, my friend, have the potential to, to break records. Like with this, with his speed, yeah, yeah, huh? I wonder. So I, uh, you know, I look forward to hearing back from. Maybe he'll call us back uh, and yeah. update us when he gets one of these suits. Yeah, I got some. As long as Roy is considering all of this, for this new activity he's thinking about getting into. Okay. Yeah. The thing that I want to know is if he has identified a place or a particular weapon he's planning to take to do the cross-country skiing and then lay down on the ground and shoot a tin can. Oh, Is yeah. there anywhere around here you can do that? something you like know, that? Because I like a multi-sport day as much as anyone. Yeah. Preferably when one of those sports is laying down, like hammocking, <laughs> shooting. So uh, this would be perfect for me. Yeah. Cross-country ski, lay down, Hammer. shoot a squirrel. Oh, okay, gotcha. Right? But you have to... Are people going to be looking at you weird? That's the thing. You think people are going to look at you weird if you just show up at the the little cross-country ski Nordic area and you've mm. got a skin suit on and a BB gun strapped to your back? Well, I, you know, again, I think that, that what that brings you to is the, the ultimate culmination of this topic, which is you absolutely have to look the part. There is, if you look the part, there is no way that even those who kind of scoff will get traction because yeah. you just simply look at them so if, deadpan and go, this is how you do this. Why, Not sure you, what you're your, doing. Where's your skin suit? Exactly. Like, mm. ah, I see you still have some insecurities. Hey, you know what? Been there. So what I'm hearing you say to Roy is... How he goes about this, what's most important is that he is 100% committed and confident in his apparel choices. As he should be. And then he's going to walk around boldly. He's going to have the best time. He's going to, the best time, enjoy his day, but also the best time in terms of speed, too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Roy, I don't know if you're married or not, but you're going to go home with phone numbers. Mm. Wow. Right? I mean, he's, he's exuding confidence. So if he isn't, that's a good thing. If he is, it might be a problem. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Roy, well, you bring up a very, very good point. That's a, this is fun. I wish we would get yeah. some more calls yeah. with some listener questions because yeah, that's good hmm. stuff. I, I'm. I might have to try. I wonder if you can rent one of these skin suits. I. I, I would assume it needs to be cleaned before it comes yeah. back. One of the things I was telling you about earlier was the uh, ninja suit. Oh yeah, what is the ninja? suit? The ninja suit. You might re- is an expensive version of the full body long underwear. Oh wow! And look at that one. A lot of them have hoods. This one does not have the hood. Okay, it's a non hooded model, but it's a good design, and it's actually a little cheaper from uh, an online retailer. But it's like a hundred and ten bucks for that. Hundred and ten. The ones with the hoods that are made out of wool are yeah. like three hundred bucks. But yeah, you know, if you were just. Uh, wanted to lounge around mm-hmm. and you're in the cabin they make them in a number of designs yeah and styles right there's a celestial design i i dig celestial yeah you know that one's yeah. pretty cool they have hoods yeah but if you just got some big old boots on some sorrels yeah 
And you got a hood or a, a stocking cap. Yeah, and your ninja suit. And your ninja suit, you're good for the day. You could walk up. You could take the dog for a walk. Totally. The weather's nice. You could go up and grab a burger somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Clothed. You're clothed. clothed but super comfortable. Super. It moves with you. Yeah. We'll yeah. have to maybe see if we can get somebody on who knows mm-hmm. about these ninja suits sometime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a one-piece base layer, essentially. You probably had them growing up, right, with the little... The little uh, pocket in the back that you could fold down and do your biz. Do your and biz. Like a button, a <laughs> couple of uh, buttons. We call on those there. footy pajamas. <laughs> Is yeah, that what you mean? That's what they are. Yeah, long, long underwear, but I, they're one piece. I think I first learned about those when I was uh, when I was watching Little House on the Prairie as a kid, because I'm pretty sure Charles Ingalls wore those. Oh, you're under, prob- yeah under his... red. Yeah, yeah, red. You're right. Yeah, so I think I have a pair of those tucked somewhere. I th- I th- I must have given mine away. I think I know what happened. I had some, and I went to the drawer, and I'm like, I'm going to get them out because this is these are making a comeback again. Yeah, I must have sold them in the garage sale because I outgrew it. Because I would never get rid of that. Wouldn't it be fun to have a giveaway? Ooh, that, with those a BCP ninja onesie. <laughs> the 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 flap is a B, it says BCP. Yeah, ah. or on the back of the flap yeah. says one like. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, man. Thank, well, let's, you. thank you, Roy. Thank you, Roy. Call us up. Give us some <laughs> feedback. You can reach us anytime, 24 hours a day. And who, you never know, someone might even answer. That's right. 503-427-8743. You can find us in all the pod places. Check us out, social media, Instagram. We're doing the some, uh, we got the survey, you know, if you still want to take that. We got all sorts of stuff. We're doing more giveaways these days. Leave us a review. Share with a friend. Get outside and have some fun. We'll see you next time.